0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to Get Genius. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Get Genius, or if you're a new listener, Welcome. Um, last week I spoke with Kevin Rogers, marketer and copywriter extraordinaire, and he introduced me to Abby Woodcock, who if you don't know, check out her website and look her up. You will find that she is an amazingly talented writer and knows all the ins and outs of successful copywriting and not only the writing, but actually hiring writers for For your brand and your business. And if you are a copywriter yourself, how to manage that as a business. Abby is a true expert on direct response marketing and how to use it in this digital marketing world that we live in. And she really knows how to connect with an audience and how to speak with various markets that in a way that creates a deep connection between the brand and the customer so that there's a one-on-one relationship happening rather than, oh, you're just saying the same thing to all of us. Um, there's there's so many brilliant takeaways in this episode, so I really hope you listen, enjoy the interview, and please check out Abby and all her genius at onlifeandwriting.com. Enjoy. Hey, Abby. How are you? I'm great. It's awesome. Well, I'm so excited you're here. It's it's interesting because it was Kevin Rogers who was just on the show who introduced us and he was just raving about you and I yeah. was like I have to meet her. And I think we mentioned a, a few other people that we that we had in common. So, it's a small world and I'm so excited that we're connecting today.
1: Yeah, me too. Same here. Kevin was had a great time and I'm looking forward to this. All right.
0: So, I'm, I'm especially looking forward to this because we get to talk about my favorite subjects, which are marketing and copy, because they're so critical. So first, just so our listeners can get an idea of who you are, let's talk a little bit about how you got into copywriting and how it led to what you're doing now.
1: Sure. So i like to say that my very first... I wrote my first long form sales page in seventh grade when I was asking my date to the dance. I wrote him a 30 page letter. Oh, to that's do that. great.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. Wow. It
1: did not convert, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got better since then. <laughs> yeah, I went to school for uh, communications, went into journalism, and kind of fell into copywriting and uh, corporate marketing. And then when I discovered that there was this whole world of people doing this online from their couch in their pajamas, I had to jump right in it. Yeah. So that was about five years ago.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, and what are you doing for, for clients now?
1: Yeah, so I still do some copywriting, but mainly what I'm doing is I discovered some of these clients that I had worked with, a lot of them, especially the bigger businesses. I'm talking like, you know, 5 million plus online that they are having a big problem hiring copywriters because, especially if they're a personality-based brand, yeah. getting a copywriter that understands their voice so that they still seem authentic and they are authentic to their audience, but if they're running a $5 million-plus company, they shouldn't be writing all the copy, you know, right. running their business. exactly. So I go in and I help set up the systems to hire uh, onboard and evaluate copywriters uh, for big businesses. And I also help on the side freelancers with their systems and their businesses too, freelance copywriters.
0: Oh, that's great. So yeah, and that's a whole another world there because there's, there's copywriters and now there's all of these, you know, fivers and Upwork and places that people can go to find copywriters. And you kind of there's a lot of good ones. You can get really lucky and we've gotten lucky in our business, but you can also find some that are not quite so awesome.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a steep learning curve even if you're a decent copywriter when you go into a business to getting their voice. And so that was just always has been a problem with the people that I've worked with. Is even if they get lucky and find somebody that's good, you need somebody that understands copy and also can write in your voice. So it's, it's a really tall order for a copywriter to fill. Oh, yeah. And without the systems on the back end to support that. Uh, I had a client actually that I was just working with last week, and they said, I don't think it's the copywriter's fault that they're not successful. I just don't know how to teach them to sound like me.
0: So how, and that's something that you, I mean, you've got all of these testimonials. That's something that you're really known for is mastering and nailing a person's voice or the voice of, of the product and the company. How have you been able to do that?
1: So I think part of it came from, I right after college, I worked in journalism for a little while. And on every reporter's desk, you have two books. You have the AP style guide, and then you have the newspaper style guide that you're working at.
0: I so, know this so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was taking the same classes as you in college, communications.
1: <laughs> and so, in the, you know, the newspaper style guide will teach you things like how to spell the names of the towns around you, and the high school mascots, and whether or not you capitalize, you know, the mayor's name or whatever. Right. And... So when I got my first job as a copywriter for a really well-known blogger, he gave me some copy to, it was a long-form sales page, and he says, hey, give me your feedback on this. And I said, okay, cool, where's your style guide so I know like how you use numbers and that kind of thing. And he's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I realized that none of these, like nobody online has any type of style guide or any type of... Guide for their writers, and so that's usually the first step. Is when I help out these clients, is we we make a style guide, and it's things like cataloging feedback. So if you give somebody feedback, like I never ever use the word sweet, for example, <laughs> I yeah. find, like I hate that word. Okay, great. That should be in a in a document somewhere that a copywriter can look at, or content writer, even just writing your blog post, and look at it and say. All right, he never uses that word, so let me not put that in there. And then they can, they can, as they're writing, look at all the feedback that's been given, so you're really shortening the learning curve of your team. And it's something that it's really actually pretty simple to put together. All it takes is taking that feedback and things that you know about yourself uh, and putting them in a, in a document for somebody else to look at.
0: So that's a, that's a huge genius tip right there. And I know that myself, having been a ghostwriter and copywriter, the biggest thing was everybody has their own unique style. And some people have, like you said, one person will just be all about, I want you to say you. I want you to be talking to the reader. And then another author or speaker will say, don't ever use the word you. It's so demeaning to me. I don't like it you know yep. and it's like so and but you know when you hear these people speak or you you look at the branding of the company your your copy has to match that
1: yeah exactly and you know it's how you greet your customers or abbreviations if you have a really active list and you use you know abbreviations or certain words over and over again that have a meaning to your list somebody new coming into your world isn't going to understand what those what those are, so it's it's almost like a glossary that you have, like, right? Okay, right. When we say this, this is what this means, you
0: know. And that's all part of. Um, I mean, I'm sure you you've helped people even develop that language for their brand for for new brands or maybe they're reshaping their brands because I've noticed you know so many companies and I, and I love that is they have their own lingo going on and and maybe the word isn't even a real word or in the dictionary, but they've got their their own language happening and if you speak that language people automatically relate it to that brand.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's really playing up, you know, those things so that you don't you don't want to sound like everybody else and you don't want to hire a copywriter and just hand off your content or your sales page to them and say, Hey, you know, here you go. I'll see you in six weeks. Let me know what you have. Yeah. You know, you really want it to be a collaborative process uh, so that when somebody looks at your sales page, whether or not they clicked a link from your site, they look at the sales page and say, Oh, you know, I know whose product that is. Uh, and that's, that's what you want. Uh, because we've all received those emails, like even customer service emails. Oh yes. You know, where it's like, Oh my gosh, this could have come from any company. And we've all received emails. We're like, isn't that cute? You know? Yeah. I'm like, I ordered um. I do some quilting sometimes, and I ordered a piece of fabric from this quilt company called Missouri Star Quilt Company, and they sent their you know normal product invoice with the tracking information and everything. And just the language was so cute, and they had this little bird, and it said, "A little birdie told me that you know you're into quilting," and yeah, and I was like, you know what? That's what makes a brand is having language that's that's consistent and even in little things like the tracking number, which nobody really reads, but to have it consistent is, it just makes you stand out.
0: Or even, even when you subscribe to an email list, you know, there's that little squeeze page or fly little flash at the end that says, thank you for subscribing. But I've noticed that people are really getting clever and matching their branding with just even that little, you know, cute little sentence at the end. Oh
1: yeah, for
0: sure. Okay. So speaking of that and actually having, um, a human connection rather than just the standard, you know, lingo going on, you say something that I love, which is let's talk to people like customers instead of transactions. So I think what some people struggle with is when you're not directly talking to a person, how can they, how can they enable that feeling of connection, even if they're just looking at a Facebook ad or an email or a sales letter?
1: Yeah, and I think this is a huge thing across the entire industry. And the language that we use to describe what we do sometimes is damaging because you, we say things like an email blast. I'm sending an email blast to my list. It's, that's not what you're doing. You're sending one email to one person.
0: Um, oh, when yeah. They,
1: when they read your email, they're not reading a blast. They're reading something that came into their life, into their inbox, and they're reading it by themselves with a cup of coffee. And so thinking about it like that, rather than thinking about blasting it out to your list, really changes everything. And I'll tell you a story about, this is, you know, copy 101, but I kind of rediscovered this about a year ago. Yeah. I was working on a sales page for somebody, and it was a product that I loved. It was really great. It was a build your business type of product. and But I just really believed in it, and I kept writing the copy, and it just wasn't, it wasn't there. And I I just couldn't figure out how to get there. And at the same time, a friend of mine who was on this client's list said, Oh, I heard you're working on this product that's being launched. Tell me about it because I might end up buying it. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. You're going to love it. Here's all this cool stuff. And I'm writing this in over G chat with him and I'm looking at my chat with him and I'm thinking I'm writing the sales copy right now because I'm, I'm writing it to my buddy, you know, like, why don't we think of that when we're, we're sitting down to write, we think about, okay, I need to write this sales letter for my list instead of I need to write this for Dave or, it, Joe, yeah, exactly. Know. And it's, it's just a really simple thing that it's so easy to forget even when you're a professional.
0: Right. So how do you, how do you stay? I, I know you're saying you're going back to Coffee One Hundred and One. but how do you stay current and what kind of um what are you reading and what are you keeping up with in order to stay on top of marketing trends and what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing
1: i read just all kinds of things so i, I obviously i'm on you know the lists of a lot of top marketers uh ramid safety is a great one yeah. ryan dice is a great one but i think one thing that people limit themselves to is reading a whole bunch of stuff about copy and internet marketing and And all that, I actually just yesterday started a uh, masterclass with Aaron Sorkin, who's
0: the screenwriter. Right.
1: And so I don't want to go into screenwriting at all, but it teaches you about storytelling. And there was a first topic of the lesson was intention and obstacle, that every story has to have intention, somebody wants something, an obstacle, something that's keeping from getting that. And that, that makes me a better copywriter, you know, learning yep. things like that that screenwriters are doing. So I have a whole, you know, range of uh, Chuck Wendig. He's a, a fiction writer. He writes a lot of science fiction. He has an amazing blog that tells a lot about storytelling and and writing novels. But I've applied, you know, these lessons. And I think that that makes you a better copywriter to to read as much as you can about as much as you can. Uh, biographies, just all kinds of different things.
0: Yeah. And, and what do you think people are, new copywriters, what is it that they're usually doing when they're trying to learn how to write copy?
1: I think, I, and I'm in a lot of these you know new copywriter forums, Yeah, I think there's no better trainer than actually just writing copy, whether or not you have a client or have a product. Pick a product that you like and write copy for it and have somebody take a look at it. There's so many forums out there where you can get feedback like that. I think what people tend to do is they read all the books, the classics, you know, Ogilvy and Cialdini and Schwartz, and and you need to have that foundation, but I think that it shouldn't be where it stops. I don't think you can learn great copy by reading great copy books. I think the best way to learn copy is just to write it over and over and over again and you'll get better every time especially I was really lucky I had some really great mentors early on that never held back with their feedback and I have mentors now that just no hold bar with with what they give me you know (laughs) this is terrible and here's why and and I think that's what makes you stronger as a writer and I think that's in
0: all all fields of writing not just copywriting but I think you know writers write you know absolutely. It, it's scary, but it, it works. You're right. No, so it's
1: terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, you obviously have worked with various markets and, and industries and you know, the saying goes, you, you have to study something for 10,000 hours before you become an expert. What do you do? Cause in an essence, in, in a sense, you have to be, come across as an expert when you're writing copy for a certain industry, but it's not like you're sitting there spending 10,000 hours, you know, in carpentry. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's something that's not it. So how do you, how do you overcome that hurdle? Is it a hurdle to you at all? Like, how do you get into a market that you're like, wow, this is actually totally different and new? What's your process? Well,
1: I think like most copywriters and all of the great copywriters that I've talked to, I love the research phase of a project. I don't take on projects that I don't think are super interesting. Yeah. And so if I'm in a market that's new to me, it's something that I'm excited to learn about anyway. So usually, especially if it's a big project, I mean, I'll take weeks just every day just reading everything that I can on it, watching videos, you know, if the client has the videos or podcasts, I'll listen to everything that I can. To get as much knowledge as I can, obviously I can't get to that 10,000 hours and, you know, right. only <laughs> clients don't let you take 10 years to write sales pages, unfortunately. Uh, and so yeah. what I'll do is I'll, I'll get as much knowledge as I can and write a outline or a draft of the copy and then bring in the clients or the experts that I have to look at it and they'll instantly catch things, you know, they'll instantly say... The paragraph, uh, you know, third paragraph down, you're almost right on how that works, but here's what you're missing, and that's just because you don't know the market. Like I said, copywriting should always be a collaborative process, and anybody that hires a copywriter, I'd be really worried about a copywriter that says to you, yeah, you know, give me all your info, and I'll have something to you in a few weeks. Um, that's just red flag number one for me, <laughs> yeah. because I'm just constantly bothering my clients with questions, you know. I read this fact about, you know, carpentry for example.
0: Yeah. But I
1: don't quite understand it and I don't see how that fits in what you were saying over in this blog post you wrote last year. You know, can you explain the difference to me? And they're it's it's their market, it's their thing that they love about, so they're more than happy to hop on a phone and and tell you like, oh, let me tell you everything that I know. And they they get excited just like we get excited. Right, know, sitting here talking shop, you know <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about direct response marketing with you, and you know your opinion on is is it is it still important? Is it still a really great tool even today with all of the digital marketing that we have going on?
1: Yeah, I think, and and by direct response. It, Direct response is such a big term, so it could be true like direct true mail.
0: so more like it, dir- yeah direct, I'm more thinking direct mail is what I was kind of going towards. Okay. but then let's talk about direct response as well, just in you know the general term.
1: yeah, so the the way I look at it is everything starts with a conversation with a customer. so there's a thousand ways to reach your customers, right? I mean there's Facebook ads and there's. Snapchat, and there's like a thousand different things that you can do. Yes. But it all has to lead back to having a one-on-one conversation with them. So whether that be over email, which email is a form of direct response, you know, you're sending them an email, you expect them to click on a link and buy something from you. So you send them something, they click on it, they buy, that's the direct response rather than they see a billboard and maybe three days later they see the Chihuahua from Taco Bell and they think I'm hungry and I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the same with direct mail is however you reach the customer, it's a conversation that you're having. So they hold something in their hand and they look at a piece of mail and you want them to respond right away. You want them to go to your site and order your thing or mail back your card and or come in for, you know, if it's a local business, come in for a free ice cream coupon or a And it all leads back to one-on-one. And I have never found anybody that can make sales without having that conversation with them. And, you know, people will say all the time, you know, email's dead, direct mail is dead, you know, TV advertising is dead. You know, Google any marketing channel that you have, and there's an article out there that tells you why it's dead. Yeah. And it really comes down to the, the medium is not what's important the conversation is what's important so are there tons of new ways to reach your customers and have conversations yeah absolutely they are but that's not the the channel is not what what it is it's the it's the conversation i hope that makes sense
0: yeah no it totally does so that speaking of you know that conversation how do you get people to fall in love with your client's brand or project's services products all of that What is it that you're um, thinking of or asking them in order to write the copy that makes them feel, wow, I super love this brand and I have to like, I've got to be loyal to it.
1: So I'm kind of a disciple of Simon Sinek in this, is that people don't fall in love with your product. They fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. And... Can they fall in love with a product and just buy it from you and then never see you again? Like, yeah, there's a lot of businesses that operate that way. I like to, and especially in the online world when there's so much noise, is building the relationship. And if they fall in love with you, uh, for example, I worked a lot with Ramit Sethi, and he has a suite of products. And we, he has customers that have bought every single thing that he's ever put out without even really reading their sales page because they've been on his list for five years and they just love everything that he does because they love him. They love his voice. They love what he stands for. They love what he does for them. And it comes down to, it doesn't really matter, you know, what fancy copy tricks I use or, you know, people talk about all the different um, NLP stuff that you can use and how you can phrase things or use a orange call to action button instead of a yellow one. And like all those things, at the end of the day, if the customer's not in love with you and what you stand for and what your mission is, it doesn't matter. You know, none of that stuff is going to make you a millionaire overnight. Of course. It's, it's, you know, it's building that relationship and starting with why. And a lot of times clients will come to me, especially if they're new products, and they'll come and they'll say, okay, I have a weight loss product for women. It's like, okay, why are you doing a weight loss product for women? If the answer is something along the lines of, like, well, it's a great market and, you know, there's a lot of money there and I have some expertise in that, I kind of shy away from those products. But if it's something like, because I've worked with these clients and they are just struggling and they've tried so hard and there's so much crap out there and it's just not working and I know that the stuff that I can give them can really help them, then I'm like, you know what, those are the people that I want to work with because those are the people... That the market wants
0: to buy from. Right. And and do you ever have somebody come to you that, that gives you kind of that generic answer in the beginning? Oh, it seems like a good market. I can make money and have you, have you dumped them right then and there? Or have you kind of, you know, pulled from them? Have you, um, converted somebody (laughs) into having a stronger why and, and realizing, you know, oh, maybe I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, I actually, I relate to this and that's why I want to fix this problem.
1: Uh, yes and no, I think, uh, I think, you know, what they say to that one question is I'm not going to be like, okay, call's over, Yeah. but I need to know to work with somebody and I have declined to work with somebody because they don't have passion about what they're doing. Right. When I get on a call with somebody and they tell me about their products and how they need copy to help sell it, I want them to be just in love with their product. Because if they're not in love with it, nobody else is going to be. And I'm certainly not going to learn to be. You know, on the call, you can just see it in their eyes and you can hear them when they're talking. You know, they're like, oh my goodness, like, let me tell you about my product and why it's so different and I'm so excited about it and I just wish I had the words to explain it. i say to them all the time, you know, you're writing the copy for me on this call right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me how excited you are. This is what, this is what's going to sell. And, so, yeah, I have backed away from clients that I didn't get a good feeling about, that I felt like they were in it for the money or they were in it and not really believing in what they were doing. I have backed away from those projects, but it's not it's not something that I'm just like, you know, oh, you said the magic words, we're, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: exactly. We, My business partner and I were at a health futures summit um, held by the... Institute for the Future. And they were talking about the mission of, of companies and what people really fall in love with, you know, and if it's, you're selling, you're selling apples, it's not about we, we grow the best apples. It's really about, they were giving some examples of different companies and the mission really had nothing to do with food. It was more about the result, the transition, the lifestyle that, that, you know, food offers them. And, um, it really resonated with me. And there's so many, People that it was. I had um, Jack Delacho on from Essentia on the podcast um, a few weeks ago, and his whole company is making mattresses that are healthy. You know, they don't have any. There's no chemicals in them, and it's all made of good material that helps you sleep better. And his the mission of the company is to create better lives, better sleep, healthier people. You know, and it's such a difference of. We just sell a mattress that's, you know, nice to sleep on.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and if you list, you know, the, the thousand different things about the mattress, uh, you know, would it be interesting and would I take a look at it? Probably. But when somebody, you know, tells me, you know, you're going to have a better life because of this mattress, it's a totally different conversation.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that's really what, it's what people connect with. And when you're writing a story um, in the copy a lot of times it has very little to do with with the service or the product and it, that yeah. that people are actually connecting with and then it's kind of like that's just that they relate it now to that service or product
1: yeah i tell i you know i talk about this with clients all the time is a lot of times when they do a draft of their first sales page the first thing and even the headline is like new product that you know revolutionizes the industry it's, they don't want to hear about the product yet. You know, yeah. the first three quarters of the sales page, a lot of the time, is just talking about what the client is going through. You know, what their problem is, what they're feeling, what the emotions are, uh, which is often nothing to do with with your product. And then, you know, you get down three
0: quarters of the page, and you're like, if this is you, if this is what you're going through, you know, here's something that might be able to help you. Exactly. So do you have, um, on, on your site, do you have any kind of programs or anything for copywriters?
1: So right now what I'm doing is private coaching. And, uh, by the end of the year, there will be a freelance copywriter program. Uh, right now it's called the business of copy. Um, so right now, uh, people can go to the website and get the workflow, which is basically the outline of the course, but the workflow alone, um, it took me like two years to make this. I uh, wow. I, I hired a project manager and um, I was great at writing copy and clients were always happy. Uh, Neil Gaiman has this uh, this thing that it, clients want on time work, people they like, and great work, but they'll take two out of three. Yeah, <laughs> so I was always like they loved working with me and the work was great, but I was never on time. Like, I, was just, <laughs> I was terrible with deadlines. Uh, clients would get on a call with me to work with me, and you know I wouldn't hear back from them, so I would never follow up, and they would just disappear. And then like a month later, I'd be like, "Oh, whatever happened to that client? I should email." <laughs> and now it's a month later, and they're like, "Oh, we already hired somebody." So I hired a project manager, and in the last six months, probably we broke down my whole client workflow, and it it's an eighteen step process that goes from when I get an email that either somebody's looking to work with me or somebody refers me all the way till the glass of wine at the end of the project yeah, is 18 steps. And like 10 of them are automatic now for me. They're either a template or they're an auto responder or just things like progress so reports great. and, you know, all that junk that I don't want to do because yeah. I want to write.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and, uh,
1: so that's on my site now. It's at onlifeandwriting.com is my site and there's a link. Um, right there to the workflow but it it really and so that's going to be the outline for the course is I'm going to explain each of those 18 steps and how you can do them much simpler because nobody explains to copywriters there's 8,000 courses on how to become a copywriter oh, yeah how to find clients and how to write good copy but there's nothing out there on how to sustain a client facing copywriting business so there's also generic freelancer courses but a lot of them are on client finding clients which is important but it's also I found that if I keep my clients happy I don't have to find new clients because clients launch a product four times a year well now I have this client four times a year instead of just one client and I don't have to continually look for new clients and so that's what this course is about it's about the business of copy, how to, once you have clients, and once you know how to write copy, now what do I do? Like, yeah. you know, what do my contracts look like? And how do I keep the clients up to date? And how do I follow up with them? And how do I map out my time? It's, it's just all this stuff that I was really terrible at. And um, so me and my project manager are working together to to create this. And it's basically all of my failures so you don't have
0: to those are the those are the best lessons yeah so it's on lifeandwriting.com is your website yep you have a blog on there too which is awesome what else what else are you writing are there are there going to be any abby woodcock books coming out
1: i'm one of those people that uh, probably drive you crazy cuz i'm like someday i'm going to write a book yeah <laughs> but i have a um a book on voice which is it's like a micro Ebook on how to find your voice, and that's on the website too. But that was just kind of I compiled a lot of my blog posts and put them together, on, and uh, put a worksheet in the back on how to find your own voice.
0: But that's awesome, especially yeah. for for new for new businesses or even existing businesses that really still haven't found it and can't understand why they're not getting that that loyalty.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great you know it's a great resource, and I've gotten a great response from it. But yeah, I've I've been into writing forever, I mean, like I said, I wrote a 30-page letter to my <laughs> yeah. middle school crush, and uh, I, I majored in, I got my master's in communications and database management, but my undergrad was in English literature, I did my thesis on modern Irish literature, and I've just been, I've been a reader and a writer as long as I can remember, uh, my mom always makes fun of you because my sister would always be the one playing outside. She goes, I would always have to make your sister come in and do her homework. And I'd always have to kick you outside because you wanted to be sitting in the corner reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, get outside and play. <laughs> so uh, funny. So yeah, maybe someday, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll
0: see. That's awesome. Well, this has been such great information and, and tips for, I think just for businesses in general, whether you're hiring copywriters or um, you're doing it yourself, um, if you are uh, a copywriter as a business, a freelance copywriter, the business of copy launching, you said later this year.
1: Yep, it's, All right. I'm hoping to get it out by December. So, oh,
0: fantastic! Yeah, business of copy helping freelance copywriters run their entire business. And I know um, when I was a when I was a copywriter and ghostwriter, that was that was kind of the struggle because you're, you're a writer, but you're also entrepreneur because you're running your own business (laughs) and there, you know, there's all the,
1: like, I hate that stuff. Yes. Bookkeeping, the time management. Oh
0: my gosh. Exactly. Like
1: following up the responding to emails. Like, I'm like, I just want to write.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's exactly what you want to you're like, I just need to focus, but then you feel guilty for not getting back to all these other emails. And yeah, there's so much going on. So to have that as a, as a program that can just kind of put it all together for you is amazing. So, I say on behalf of all the freelance copywriters, thank you in advance for that. <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> but yeah, you're doing so many cool things. I'm so excited that we we got to chat, and there's so many great takeaways from from this, just in terms of direct sp- response marketing and copy, finding your voice, having a voice. What's your real why to your service? All good stuff. I love it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome.
0: Thank you so much, and we'll be sure to have uh, the link to your website and information on our on our show notes. And Abby, you've been awesome. I can't wait to meet you in person. I may meet you at. Um, do you speak at American Dream U.
1: I do. Yeah, Yay. I just actually joined the board of advisors for American Dream U, and I'll be in DC in. November speaking with
0: them. Fantastic. I've been meaning to get out there. My my partner Eric has been out there and he's he's been a speaker and I'm trying to make my way. (laughs) It's it's a timing thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much. Until next time. Great. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. <laughs>